Just before we get started, the Second Act Podcast would like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on Treaty 7 land inhabited by the Blackfoot Nations. This includes the Siksika, Pikani, and Kainai. We would also like to acknowledge the Sutsina and Stony Nakoda First Nations, as well as the Métis Nations and all people who make their home on Treaty 7 land in southern Alberta. But now that we've paid respects to people that were here before us, let's start the pod. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Act Podcast, and today's guest is a jolly one for sure. Chris Claus might not be the most well-known name in every household, but his alias of St. Nicholas or Santa Claus definitely is. And while everybody knows about Santa's current occupation, most people don't know about Santa's backstory, almost joining the Hell's Angels at one point and really just fighting out of the orphanage. I mean, I can't believe that we were able to get Santa on. And and right right in the middle of his busiest time of the year, we were able to wrangle Santa Claus. This is unbelievable. I mean, we're getting to be big time, right? Oh, yeah. This is definitely a dream pod for a lot of people. And it's just so cool that, especially this close to Christmas, he was willing to sit down and give us, even if it is a shorter one, just 15 minutes, I think, just give us some of his time. It's such a good pod. Yeah, it's it, it's unbelievable. It's so much fun to sit down. And I'll be honest, I had no idea um, that Santa had such a backstory. I mean, there is a little bit of everything in this guy's um, in this guy's past. And it's amazing that he does what he does uh, carrying that weight. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good pod, but we don't want to sit here and talk all about it ourselves. Without further ado, Father Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you for having me, Gord. It's a pleasure to share the secrets of my life with you. Well, Santa, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. And I'm sure everyone is wondering how on earth Santa, the jolly old man, had a rough childhood. I mean, the research that that you provided us with says here that you almost joined the Hell's Angels at one point. How about we start there? What is Santa's story? Well, growing up, my parents both disowned me very early in my life when I was born with a full beard and mustache. So I spent a lot of my early days actually being picked on in the orphanage for my beard that coiled around my feet multiple times. It wasn't until I was about nine it would have been when a gang of bikers confused me for a shorter biker. And then I really got my escape into the world. I traveled all over Canada with those guys from Vancouver to Halifax and everywhere in between. Now that I think of it, how did they not realize I never even talked to them? Ho, ho, ho. What a wild start to life. It's so unbelievable to think that how crazy it is that you ride a sleigh and reindeer around the world. But that's nothing compared to riding a motorcycle around Canada when only about three months of the year is motorcycle weather. Crazy. So we talked about you almost becoming a Hell's Angel. How the heck does that even happen? Well, that's an interesting story, actually. I would have been about 15, and so this was probably six years after I joined the Hell's Angels. So I had a, I had a good rope on my bike. I knew what I was doing. And a couple of my riding friends told me about a new gang they were going to join called the Hells Angels. And I'd, I'd never heard of them to this point. They're not the big name they are today back then, right? They said that they were going to do some sort of like initiation or audition for the group. 
and I went along with them because they were my friends. Uh, they told us, each Hell's Angel told us that we needed to go to a different point in Canada, and I got stuck with the short straw, so I had to go up to the tip of none of it. And I grabbed my girlfriend at the time, my now wife Jessica, and we made our way up to the tippity top. They told me that some they would have someone ma- waiting there for me, but we must have took a wrong turn because before we knew her, we were up in God knows where where the gas ran out. So you're telling me that before you were Santa Claus, jolly old Saint Nick, ho, 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 you were a prospect for the Hells Angels and you rode your motorcycle to the tippity top of Canada to none of it. And when you got there, you weren't even in the right spot? Ho, ho, ho. Well, yeah, they, they said they had someone waiting for me, but there was no one there. It was the weirdest thing. That is unbelievable. So so now that you're up in none of it, as a prospect for the Hells Angels, you got your old lady Jessica with you. Um, what did you do to get home? Well, and that's the best part of this story. We didn't. There was an old abandoned farmhouse on the side of the road right where the gas ran out with a handful of reindeer inside of it, you know, probably to keep warm. So we just, like, made friends with them. We gave them some of our rations, and they didn't attack us. And then we ran to the nearby Costco. I swear, there's there's one of those everywhere these days. And we refurbished it, and then we befriended the reindeer some more. And now we happily live in that house we refurbished. So you just left your entire life behind? All the stuff back home, you just clean break i'm done with it and you started a whole new life with these reindeer in a farmhouse at the tippy top north of none of it well you got to think about it we didn't have any family back home we were both orphans and uh well there was a couple things in the hotel i was staying at beforehand that you know needed to be that we missed majority of it was in my suitcase because i was just always on the lamb ho 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 Okay, yeah, that makes some sense actually. So, how did you how did you get into the gift giving business? I mean, that's what everybody knows you for today is on the December 25th, you come around and leave presents under the tree. How how did you get into that and my god, it has to be expensive. How do you finance it? Well, at first, my gifts were for a family that we made friends with up in none of it there. They were an incredibly religious family, and they'd always celebrate the birth of Christ on the 25th, you know, as an incredibly religious family might do. But as the kids grew older, they stopped celebrating with their parents, you know, classic teenagers. So the parents paid me to go out and get some gifts for the kids to rekindle their spirit for the birth of Christ. But I had nowhere to put them on the night of the 24th, so I just threw their gifts into a pair of socks I had on my back. In hindsight, it was kind of weird, but whatever. It worked out. And the kids had never had more fun than they had on that day. As for the money, my wife used to work and now owns the Costco that we live near. So when I need toys, they're pretty much free. And And before that, we just bought it off of our salaries. I'm actually a lumberjack, and I get the holidays off. Ho, ho, ho. So I guess that makes sense, but how do you manage to hit every house in the world in one night? No, Gord, I don't want to break your Christmas spirit here, but 
I don't hit each us. We have about 10 employees in each country, one to 10. In some countries, we have less. In some countries, we have more. And yeah, we just, there are employees. We pay them to send the gifts to the kids. You'd be surprised how much a Costco franchise owner makes in a year. Okay, okay. I guess I can follow that along. This is just also mind blowing, Santa. You have to understand here at the Second Act podcast, we didn't think we were going to get an opportunity to interview you. And then when we did, we had no idea that we were going to have such a mind blowing backstory. So I'm I'm really struggling to keep up with you here. All of this is very common for you, but for me, my head is going. So I have a couple more questions that, you know, the people around me are going to, you know, be really angry with me if I don't ask you. So I have to ask, tell me about Rudolph and, and his red nose. You know, you picked him up. The kids were, the other reindeer were picking on him and he became a hero for you. Tell me about what's going on with, with Rudolph and his red nose. So first of all, that uh, that story about me picking up Rudolph actually has more truth to it than you would think. The the reindeers were kind of not bullying him because they're not sentient beings or not sentient animals, but kind of being assholes as much as reindeer can be. And I kind of decided that I was going to give Rudolph some special treatment. And that's kind of where that comes from. Although in the song, it's incredibly over dramatized so what do you know if there's a medical condition that explains his red nose or were you just lucky to stumble across it when you needed it oh no i, I very much know the backstory of rudolph's red nose i'm i guess a question i should ask you now should have asked it before how explicit am i allowed to be on this podcast oh we're all systems go here santa don't hold nothing back okay so let's just say that Rudolph got into the backpack that I brought along on the trip. And while I was in a group of bikers, they weren't the best influences. I was 15 when I came to none of it. And in the backpack, there was about a pound of cocaine. Are, are you, are you telling me that Rudolph's nose is red because of his, his drug use? Is that what's going on there? It's never turned back. One day we woke up and the entire thing was gone. And to this day, that was about 20 years ago now, to this day, his nose is still red. That is a wild story. Breaking it here on the Second Act podcast, Rudolph's red nose was caused from uh, um, some far more illicit means than ever is belied in the song. That's incredible. Uh, one last question for you, and this one I got to ask because all of the parents that are listening are going to want to know about this. What is the deal with the elf on the shelf? What is that all about? Ho, ho, ho. So the elf on the shelf was originally, it's, it's always kind of kept its purpose. It was originally used as a camera system so that I could know when the kids were in and out of the house for the family that I bought gifts for. And also so that I could hear what they want and needed without the parents need to be listening every single second of every day. But once I started gifting other people and took it global, I couldn't really get any group. I couldn't get every kid what they wanted unless. So I, uh, me and my wife employed a research team who listened, to, who listened to each elf's activity and then replay it, relay it to the people in that country. 
the whole thing is quite off hands for me. Except I have to go to so many malls every week. So you just are employing the elf on the shelf strictly as a surveillance means for getting the kids what they want. So it is actually almost like it's being presented. Almost. I just remember, parents, for everything your elf sees, a real person has to see that too. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that is incredible. Santa, it is Christmas night. I know you're busy. We don't have any, we don't need to take up any more of your time. This is unbelievable. Thank you so much for sitting down with the Second Act podcast and getting us some insight on what's your backstory, why Rudolph's nose is red, the real deal with the elf on the shelf, and a little known trivia fact you used to be a lumberjack. Oh, no, I'm still a lumberjack. But thank you very much for having me, Gord. It's a pleasure. I've, I've always kind of wanted to come out and say these things about my past. But uh, Mrs. Claus always thought it would be bad for the brand. But she finally gave me the green light to come on the Second Act Podcast. And I'm super happy I could. Ho, ho, ho. What a really fun podcast we were able to pull together on very short notice with Santa. Uh, Liam and I got the call from... Santa's people saying that he was available and had a window. Um, we had to spring into action to make it happen. And I think you'll agree that uh, based off of what um, you think you know about Santa, it was well worth the 15 minutes to listen. I mean, some of the things that he was sharing with us, unbelievable. There's no way, no way that uh, you're getting that level of Santa Claus information, especially over Christmas uh, that you're getting here anywhere else other than the Second Act podcast. We just want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, another great year. Had so much fun bringing you these stories. We want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, uh, Happy Holidays. <clears throat> Be safe, please, uh, so that you're around to listen to more stories at the Second Act Podcast. There are no wrong answers, no test at the end, so make the most out of every day. The Second Act Podcast would like to thank Ben Sound for the intro and outro music. Happy Rock. That is www.bensound.com. We'd also like to thank Chin Whiskers for the promotional consideration. You can find them at your local Tommy Guns, Original Barbershop, Amazon, or chinwhiskers.ca. And we would also like to thank you for listening. Test the microphone. No mmm noise. You're an asshole.